Introducing the SND Podcast Channel, your one stop source for all types of podcasts. We are always on the look for new podcasts to join our channel. If there is any topic you would like to discuss, contact us now. We can be reached on all social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. You can also contact us by email or leave us a voicemail at 516-570-9248. So make sure to contact us now so you can start your podcast soon. The most awesome podcast to ever embrace a pair of headphones, Sarasso and the Beard. And now, here are your hosts, Nick Sarasso and Jose the Talking Beard Rivera. The first time the Warriors are not facing a LeBron James team in the finals. You know, I think for a lot of years, a lot of us have asked for something different, right? Give us something different in the NBA. I'm pretty sure this is not what we had in mind, a LeBron James list playoffs in general. But it's been a lot of fun to watch the playoffs go, you know, about itself in the East, um, especially because there's no LeBron James on the Eastern Conference. So we knew there was going to be somebody different because obviously Cleveland was terrible this year. But, you know, honestly, it's just it's nice to see a change. There was a change of pace in the East and a lot of players felt the same way that they, you know, just felt weird without um LeBron James being there. So it is exciting to get something different. Uh, I don't know if this is the matchup that everybody wanted. I know a lot of people like myself, you know, wanted to see the Milwaukee Bucks because Giannis is the face of the NBA right now, in my opinion. He's the up-and-coming star. You know, he's most likely going to be the MVP this year. He got the cover of the game. So I feel like for my purposes and for and for fan, you know, for fan likeness, I really think a lot of people are rooting for the Bucks Giannis in there the Golden State Warriors, but I think a lot of people get Toronto one as well. I know a lot of people like Drake aren't exactly happy, but again, the guy's a huge fan. Um, exciting matchup because especially, I feel like this year Kawhi Leonard was able to show he's a special player. Now, you and I always thought Leonard's a great player. He's a superstar player, but a lot of times when you play on a team coached by Kovich, you get accused of, well, he's only good because of the system, right? Tom Brady, both of us had on our top 10 goats of all time. Last week, our 50th episode, if you didn't watch it or listen to it, shame on you. That's right, our 50th episode as well, Nick. But you know, a lot of people still don't think Tom Brady's great. Why? Because coached by Bill Belichick. So, you know, there were questions when Kawhi Leonard went to Toronto about, is he great without Greg Popovich? Is he just benefiting from the system that Popovich has with the Spurs? And I feel like because Leonard was by himself and really carried the Raptors all year long, especially in the playoffs— this solidifies Leonard as one of the top five players in the NBA right now easily. And it's just an exciting, fresh matchup. Even if it is still the Warriors, it's still another team that's not that doesn't have LeBron James, which it kind of feels weird, but it's also kind of exciting. So before we get into the uh, Raptors and Butts, I do want to ask you this. Uh, Raptors and Warriors, I do want to ask you about the Butts, though. You just spoke about Giannis. He's probably going to win the MVP. If he doesn't, James Harden does. Uh, it's certainly going to be a lot closer than you know the years prior. You can make the case for either superstar. But we we talked about the Rockets at times when it comes to James Harden, and how floored of a team the Rockets can be. You know they they rely on two things: threes and foul shots. And we saw how that can be defeated at times. And we saw how much they rely on ISO ball with James Harden. And when it gets down to it, you need more than just that. When we look at the Milwaukee Bucks, we see the exact same thing at times. Giannis is still a very flawed player. 
as great as he is. When he's inside, what, 10, 12 feet of the basket, he's the best. That's just how it is. His size, his speed, his length, he's going to score pretty much every single time. Outside of that, though, he's not much. He made a couple threes, especially late in one or two of the games, and it was just like, I never figured he'd make that shot, but that's the shot I want him taking every single time. The Milwaukee Butts are an extremely flawed team, and Toronto was able to take advantage of that. Play some good defense, play around the paint, and force a team just to take jump shots in a three-point error. Where, where jump shooting is all it is. Three-pointers is all what the NBA is all about now. And the Milwaukee Butts are the exact opposite of that. It's great for the regular season, but when it gets time, they showed their true flaws. Because in a 2-0 series, when you were dominating Toronto like that, Toronto just looks like a whole different team at some point. So what did you take away from that series? You know, a lot of similar things to what you said. What I took away was that Giannis is just not ready yet. And it's something that I realized I bought into the hype this year as well. And don't get me wrong. I think Giannis should be the MVP. He's my pick over Harden very, very slimly, honestly. I feel like Giannis, you know, is the rightful pick. He's played phenomenal this year. But I feel like a lot of people were ready to crown him the next best player in the NBA, right? They were ready to give him that title without him proving anything. And I remember coming into the season, Nick, I told you the Bucks had to take the next step forward with this young core because they kept underachieving. This year they did that. They took the next step. They were the best team in the East record-wise. They went out there. They made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. But they just came up short. So I feel like the Bucks still have a lot of room to grow, and so does Giannis. And what I'm hoping is that he takes this loss and grows from it. Now, I wasn't exactly too thrilled to watch him just walk out at a press conference like that. I don't like that from a young player, honestly. But at the same time, I'm really hoping this takes this loss and builds around it and become a better player. Because they did, like, they did point out a lot of flaws in his game. You know, there was a lot of time in that game where he was trying to defense one against five. That doesn't make any sense. You got to know when to the ball. You got to know when it's smart going for certain fouls. So I do believe this is going to grow his game from here. But for the Bucks, there's also a lot of questions that don't on you like Giannis. First of all, do you have a real view? Chris Middleton was an all-star this year. On any other team, Chris Middleton is a third or fourth option best. Eric Bledsoe, what do you him going forward. I think the Bucks really need to examine getting a number two guy in there, Giannis, to help him elevate his game and help them move fat, move past the potential Eastern Conference final scenario. Because the East is only going to get better from here. I believe that free agency is up and you're going to see a lot of players go from the West to the East. So the Bucks got to do something. Yeah, there's still... Obviously, when you're at Milwaukee, this is you know the time to make a big move. They recently locked up Eric Bledsoe, but you still have a lot of options. You still have a lot of openings for the team. Uh, 
and, and we saw how the Bucks managed. Like you know, Brooke Lopez, I think, was a key piece. He played very good in that series. But the idea of bringing a center that can shoot, you have to bring around shooters for Giannis type player. I and for Giannis, he's got to practice a lot of his threes. At the end of the day, he's got to become more of a jump shooter and involve his game even further. And I certainly think he will. He, you know, the best players in the game consistently elevate themselves and their game. And for Giannis, you know, you're in a three-point elite. Ten, twenty years ago, he'd be one of the best players, if not the best player. But now... He's still one of the best players, but there are so many flawed elements to the game. Alright, with Toronto now, I gotta get into this. Obviously, this is going to be the first time LeBron James isn't representing the Eastern Conference in, what, 8, 10 years, forever. But Kawhi Leonard is not to compare two players like that close enough to what LeBron James was, one of the best defensive players in the league, and he's still trying on defenses to why. And what we've seen this playoffs and his efficiency, he has really taken over. And without Kevin Durant on the court, the Raptors look like they're going to have the best player on the court at times with Kawhi Leonard. Two through four or five at that point will become a debate on who's next from there, but the Raptors certainly have the number one guy on the team. They'll have home court. They're right now considered a one-point favorite in uh, the series against the Warriors, but how important is game one compared to everything else? We saw the Raptors fall behind 2 nothing in the butts, but... We've seen in the past with the Warriors, game one was everything for the Cavs. They lost it, and they lost the series immediately, and they lost all life. Is that the same with this team with Toronto? Yeah, honestly, I think game one is super important. It's on your home court, and I mean, if you're the Raptors, technically if you win game one, uh, you know, that sets you up for a great momentum, uh, especially if you're going to – we know that KD is definitely going to be out for game one. He, we know he's traveling for games one and two. These are the games you have to win because it only gets harder when Kevin Durant comes back. So if you're the Toronto Raptors, you're going to have the best player on the court. But guess what? The other team across from you has three of maybe the top ten players in the NBA right now in Curry, Thompson, or Green. Debatable. But those three guys are definitely in the top ten or top 15 players right now. And for the Raptors, your second best player who's playing hot right now is Van Fleet. And and he's not and he's not exactly a top 15 player. He's not even top 20 in my books in the NBA. He's a classic six-man. But when your second-best player on the team is a six-man, that's not a good thing for you. So if you're the Raptors, you need to take advantage of all the games that Kevin Durant is not playing in, and that includes Game 1 to help set the tone. Because if you win Game 1, you put the pressure on the Warriors, right? The Warriors, even if they win all three of the games they play at home, they need to steal a game in Toronto. So if you're the Raptors and you win game one, you take away one potential game that the Warriors have to steal on your home court. I mean, no love for Lowry, not considering him the second best player on his... Um... He's not... No, he he is the second best player on the Raptors, 
but Lowry is not playing like the second best player on the Raptors. Van Fleet and Siakam have played way better than Lowry in this entire series or the entire playoffs as well, too. How well do you think the Raptors match up with the Warriors? Honestly, I don't think they match up very well. I mean, like we said, Kevin uh, Kevin Durant's not playing, so that helps a little bit. But does it really? Because now you're talking about possibly Draymond Green or Klay Thompson covering on Kawhi, who are both really good defensive players in their own rights, too. Don't get me wrong. I still give Kawhi the upper hand in that. But when you break it down position by position, we're looking at possibly Kyle Lowry guarding Steph Curry. I mean, Steph Curry's not the best defense, the best defender, but neither is Kyle Lowry. And when you don't have a legit defender on Steph Curry, things can get out of hand, right? We saw in the Portland series, you know, for a majority of the game, Steph was held in check until he broke out himself in the second half of these games because he willed himself to do this. But earlier on in the series, we saw that they were shutting down Steph. Why? Because they had guys like Lillard on them. Because they had guys like McCollum. They need the stronger defenders to be on guys like Curry and Thompson. Especially when there's no Durant, the Warriors are going to shoot the basketball from behind that three-point line. So, honestly, to me, the matchup is not great for the Raptors. It really isn't. They just don't have enough players that have the defensive mind like Kawhi, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard to stop guys in their tracks, right? Because with the Bucks. If you stop Giannis, you stop 80% of the Bucks' offense. If you stop Draymond Green, or if you only stop Klay Thompson, or if you only stop Steph Curry, if you stop just one of them, you're really only shutting down 25% of the Warriors' offense, which means there's plenty of other scoring options for them to pass the basketball around. So I really do not like this matchup. I don't think it's any better if the Bucks would have won. I just think the Warriors are not a good matchup for anybody in the league right now. I actually do like this matchup. Essentially, I think Kawhi Leonard is going to cover Andre Iguodala, which is going to be a much easier time for Kawhi. It's silly, I think, if he's covering Clay Thompson, where he has to run around a lot, and we've seen a few injuries for Kawhi Leonard for his legs. And then compared to the fact that he's going to cover Andre a lot easier, I think Siakam does match up well with Draymond Green. Uh, Lowry's been pretty good defensively. I think he can cover Curry pretty well, but my my biggest concern has got to be Mark Gasol. Just it seems like whoever Gasol has been covering lately has just been outplaying Mark Gasol. And a guy like Looney, a smaller size, quicker at feet, could really make a lot of trouble for. Uh, Dersal, or even like Bogut, a bigger guy. But I, I think overall, they do match up well if they go larger with their team. Uh, you could see possibly like Serge Ibaka covering Draymond Green, and then Siakam getting Andre Iguodala and Kawhi playing against Clay Thompson. Uh, but defensively, especially at home, the Raptors have been phenomenal. It is going to be a little bit tough for guarding guys that are just dead set uh, um, three-point specialist, but I, I do think the Raptors do have a shot in this series. Not a great shot, but the fact that Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins aren't playing is, is a great advantage. Uh, you know, neither one of us are doctors. Uh, neither one of us ever wanted to go that route as our career, but do you see Kevin Durant or DeMarcus Cousins playing in this series? 
Well, I think it's more likely you see Kevin Durant playing in this series. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we see neither of them because I'm not so sure that Kevin Durant is exactly. And again, I don't want to put words or thoughts into Kevin Durant's head, right? But honestly, would you be surprised if Kevin Durant decided to just sit this one out, win a ring because they can win without him anyways and go into free agency healthy? Or would you, you know, or would it be that outlandish to think that Kevin Durant might want that? Maybe. But I think Kevin Durant is more likely to come back. The uh, To me, the DeMarcus Cousins injury just seemed a lot worse. And even though I don't think the Warriors need Kevin Durant to beat the Raptors, I do think the Warriors want Durant back more than they want DeMarcus Cousins. Not so that they won't take him, but I just think the Warriors probably feel like we could use Durant's game a lot more than a guy like DeMarcus Cousins. So I think Kevin Durant comes back especially because you know he's going to want to prove something out there going into free agency. So it's you know it's a little bit of a two-sided coin here. I wouldn't be surprised if Durant wants to sit, sit this one out and make sure he's healthy going into free agency. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Durant really wants to come back and put an exclamation point on his time in Golden State. Yeah. This is going to be a series where it's just all eyes are also on the free agent market besides the NBA Finals. Cousins, Durant, Thompson, and Kawhi Leonard, all free agents. When you consider you know, the other free agents out there like Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Kemba Walker, a lot of this is just these four guys are the biggest names. And whether or not the Warriors are going to be able to assign even two of them or the possibility that any of them come back is a huge question mark. And the same can be said about the Raptors. You know, just because the Raptors got to the Eastern Con- got to the finals, won the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, first time making it this far, doesn't mean why Leonard's plan is to stay in Toronto. I think he's enjoyed Toronto, but. You know, even now, I think Kawhi Leonard has his own plan of wanting to go to L.A. And if you're Kawhi, you've been practically doing this all on your own for the last three weeks, getting through both the Sitzers and the Butts. It certainly would be nice if he could add a couple of players to help him out for the long term. Right. Who is the most important player for each team? Outside of like Kawhi Leonard and Steph Curry right now, if Blank wants to win the championship, they have to rely on. So for the Warriors, um, if the Warriors want to win the championship, they have to rely on Draymond Green because, like you said, I feel like Kawhi Leonard is going to be on Andre Iguodala, but honestly, I think the better defensive matchup is Draymond Green has to be on Kawhi Leonard more often than not. I mean, you're talking about one of the best offensive players on this team, the best option for the Raptors. You know, we've seen him carry the Raptors before when no one else is scoring. If you shut down Kawhi Leonard, I don't think the Raptors have much life. So in all honesty, I really feel like Steve Kerr should really have Draymond Green on Kawhi Leonard instead, especially if KD can make it back in time. Then you're talking about KD guarding Kawhi Leonard. But to me... Draymond Green's defense, we've seen it in the series leading up to the finals. It's been impeccable. It's been so important. And honestly, because of Draymond Green's defense, I'm starting to question that if he ever leaves Golden State, they might actually be in trouble. So to me, 
Draymond Green is the most important player for the Warriors. For the Raptors, I'm going to go with Kyle Lowry. You heard me say it. I don't consider him the second best player on this team right now. Skill-wise, yes, he is. But playing-wise, he's not playing like it. And Kyle Lowry really needs to get back on track. Why? Because especially since he's being guarded by Steph Curry, Steph Curry is a phenomenal player. But we both know Steph Curry's defense is not exactly the greatest in the league. Kyle Lowry can score some points while being guarded by Steph Curry. To me, Kawhi Leonard cannot do this by himself. Somebody else in that starting five needs to step up, whether it's Serge Ibaka, Marcus Gasol. But to me, it has to be Kyle Lowry because he has the favorable matchup on defense being guarded by Steph. I'm taking Siakam for the Raptors. I mean, this is a guy that they relied on at vast majority of the time when it wasn't Kawhi Leonard. Uh, we saw a lot of times Siakam was too passive. And I think that was one of the reasons the Raptors have struggled in certain games. But if the Raptors want to win this series, you know, obviously Kawhi Leonard has to play exactly like Kawhi Leonard's been playing and then some. But Siakam has to even be more. Because the way he's playing right now, great. He's not being aggressive on the three-pointers. He's trying to get the best shot. And that's important for a team that plays phenomenal defense when every basket's going to count. But there are times where he's just not taking full control, and there are times where he's just totally in control. And we need to see more of the in control, dominating, getting the rebounds, playing great defense, almost being like a mini floor general out there at times. When Kawhi Leonard doesn't have the ball, it really seems like Siakam is the guy that they're going to almost as a mini point guard. So for me, I'm looking at Siakam the entire time for the Raptors outside of Kawhi Leonard. And for the Warriors, it's, you know, Clay Thompson, the second splash brother. We, we've seen him take over games and win them just by his threes alone. We've seen him do it where he doesn't even touch the basketball and, he only had like a couple of dribbles in some of the games where he's putting up an insane amount of points. Uh, Thompson is extremely dangerous, but I think there is ways to guard him pretty well. Uh, you're just going to have to run around with him and, you know, hope the ball stays in other people's hands and he's one less guy to worry about if you can just, you know, keep him in front of, you know, or away from the three point line. All right. Jose, who do you have winning this series? Well, after careful consideration, after a lot of deep diving research into analytics about everybody's... No, no, no. This didn't take that long. To me, it's going to be the Warriors. I don't know why a lot of people are thinking the Raptors have a chance. I think this can easily go six games because the Raptors have shown that they could be very competitive. I don't think it's going seven. I don't think the Raptors can beat... The Warriors more than two times, but for a prediction purpose, I'm going to say Warriors in five. Yeah, I think the Raptors only win one game. Kawhi can't do it by himself. Yes, there's going to be no Kevin Durant, maybe for the entire series, but the last time I checked, Nick, the Warriors still have the best team in the NBA. The Warriors have three of the top 15 players in the NBA still on the court. The Warriors have an amazing bench. 
because they know how to draft. They get to draft guys like Looney. They draft guys, you know, they still have guys like Andre Iguodala. This team has won without Kevin Durant before. They can do it again because they still have their young core there in Curry, Thompson, and Green. And they have an amazing head coach in Steve Kerr. Take nothing away from the Raptors. I think they had a phenomenal season. I think they should be very proud that they finally got to the finals and that LeBron James is gone. LeBron James wasn't in their way. I do feel bad for the Raptors because I do not think Kawhi is staying. Even if they somehow win the championship, I don't think Kawhi Leonard is staying there. So for the Raptors, you know, to try to go all out and win this championship, but it's not going to happen. I say Warriors in five, and I think this is the beginning of the end of the Warriors dynasty in terms of straight finals appearances. I'm not saying the Warriors are never going to win another ring, but I am skeptical about if the Warriors will be in the finals next year, depending on how free agency shapes out. All right, I'm going to take the Warriors in sits. Uh, I think a big reason why I'm doing this is because of home court advantage for the Raptors. Um, and the fact that the Raptors, you know, I think they can take one of the two first games and not be behind 2-0 like they were against the Bucks. We saw how well the Raptors have played at home this season. The fact that, you know, Three of what the first five games are going to be are going to be home games for to win you know two out of those three, but the series I think will get finished in sits no matter what i when we did talk about Twilight right there Jose, so I gotta ask you this one. When you look at the Raptors and you look at the Warriors, we've talked about the free agency guys. Does it matter, win or lose, these guys are leaving their teams? So for the Raptors, like I said, um, or are they going to stay in your eyes? Well, to me, Kawhi is definitely gone. And I strongly feel Kawhi Leonard wants to go home. I think it's very possible. So for Kawhi Leonard, I really don't think it matters. Um, I think he's going home. I think he wants to go to L.A. I think it's either the Lakers or the Clippers, more towards the Clippers. And for Toronto, I think they know that. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people saying, well, maybe if they win the championship, they'll stay. I think Toronto knows deep down inside that Kawhi Leonard is gone. They're just trying to do all they can to bring a title to Toronto before it happens. Um, And I don't blame them, right? You know, you're trying to go for it. You, You know, you understand that this is the best possibility for you guys to try and get a title you knew you had to make it because LeBron wasn't here so they went out they traded the Rosen they got one of the best players in Leonard and they made a playoff push but I really don't think it matters for Leonard as for the other side if the Warriors win I don't know I think Kevin Durant might stay but honestly I think Kevin Durant's decision decision does not hinder on whether they win or whether they lose I think for Durant it comes down to do I want my own team Do I want to go to a place where I can win on my own after people ridiculing me for not winning on my own in Golden State? Also, for Durant, it's do I want to make money? Because if he goes to the Knicks, not only can he get a max contract, but he can also also grow his, his, uh, his brand, right? He can do what LeBron is doing in L.A. He can, you know, he can use New York to his advantage. So I don't think winning or losing for any of these guys really matters because I think for a lot of guys, it depends, one, if they want to get paid. Do they want to go home or, you know, for a lot of these guys, I think, you know, this is 
the first time in a long time, I feel like free agency doesn't matter about if they win or lose. A lot of these guys have their own agenda in terms of what do I want to do when the season ends. I think a lot of guys have already determined it. I think for both Kawhi and Kevin Durant, there was more of uh, obviously if you don't win, there's more of an escape route. Be like, oh, okay, we didn't win, and I don't feel bad if we if I leave this team, type of feel to it. Um, I don't think Durant comes back this uh, finals. So whether the Warriors do or don't win, it's one of those more feels that if the Warriors win without Kevin Durant for, what, a second time? We we bring up more of a debate of, you know, do the Warriors really need Kevin Durant? Of course they don't. They never did. They just became more of an unstoppable force when they got him. It's the same way like the Warriors don't need DeMarcus Cousins. We see how good the Warriors are just the way they, you know, of Curry, Thompson, and Green. Ikodala, the chemistry that those guys all create. When, when you add a Kevin Durant, there's just too much talent at that point that no team can handle it. And for the flip on Kawhi, you know, I, I think he does want to go to L.A. I don't think he wants to play in Toronto. I don't know if many players want to make that travel part, but I think there's much more of a fan appreciation that he's had this season compared to years prior. But Kawhi has certainly been phenomenal this entire playoffs, and he looks like he's been the best player in the playoffs this year. So I think there's more of a desire for him than anybody else in the league outside of what KD, just because of what history shows with Kevin Durant. We're getting close to the, you know, the end of the podcast. Because this is just going to be pretty much about the NBA Finals. Uh, we're we're trying to just dictate this one towards that, but you know, as, as well, the, the Lakers are still a mess. Uh, Magic Johnson's left, and obviously we're seeing a lot of different things with him on Sports Center and Rob Polinko, who I, I figured was going to be gone by this point. And LeBron James. You, you mean lying about Heath Ledger wasn't wasn't exactly worth firing him over? Oh god! <laughs> but <laughs> for the Lakers, you know, how do they fit this mess? And how do you you make an appeal for free agent players? Honestly, Nick. And this might sound like a lame answer. The question is, I don't know. I mean, things are really bad in L.A. I mean, think about it. You have one of the best players in the NBA, and you might not get anybody to come to the Lakers. The only way you could do it is if you trade for somebody. So if you're the Lakers, you got to put all this stuff behind you with Magic Johnson. you got to put all this stuff behind you with Palinka. If you decide to keep him, okay. But... All this extra drama, it has to end, and you have to focus on basketball. And the only way you do that is by doing it through free agency, building a serious team. My concern, though, for the Lakers, though, is that there's not a lot of serious you know, choices out there for them. Kawhi Leonard wants to go home. Is it possible he comes to the Lakers? Sure, but I think he might end up going to the Clippers. 
you know, uh, KD probably not going to be on the same team as LeBron James. I highly doubt that that's going to happen. So now when you think about it for the Lakers, your only options are Kyrie Irving, who's played with LeBron before, but it also also acts to be traded as a result of playing with LeBron when they were in Cleveland. You have Jimmy Butler, and you have potentially um, um, drawing a blank on his name. Isn't this amazing? There's so many different free agent names I couldn't start guessing for you. There is. So let's leave it at those two. Honestly, all the Lakers can hope to do right now is tell free agents, hey, we have LeBron James. Also, we have the assets to potentially, potentially pull off a trade for Anthony Davis. And that's all you can really do when you come to free agency if you're the Lakers is name drop. Because either you're going to get a free agent that likes the idea of you trading for Anthony Davis, or you're going to get a free agent like LeBron James who sees the young talent around you and says, okay, I can actually work with this. But the best thing, in my opinion, for the Lakers to do is try and trade for Anthony Davis before or very early on in free agency. That way you can persuade people saying, hey, not only do we have LeBron James, but we also have Anthony Davis. Where We need you to win a championship. And I feel like if you're a player, as much drama has been going around with the Lakers, it's very hard to turn down joining a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But that would be it on that team if they win out Anthony Davis. At least on the trade part. Of course, but if you're a free agent, you you know that's a very attractive option. It, it's the same that the free agent period starts so far away. Still, I, I I think most fans, as much as we're looking forward the NBA Finals, oh, I'm think, ready for free agency. Yeah, I think everyone just cannot wait till the draft. Obviously, Zion's gonna go first, but and not to the Knicks, but. Uh, Obviously, free agency is where it's going to be, where it's a lot of fun. And it's going to be a lot quicker than the MLB free agency. That's for sure. Something about that, the recruiting just does done a lot faster. Uh, one other final part. We're talking still about the free agency. Uh, the Nets apparently would be interested in going after uh, Kyrie Irving. And wanting to re-sign uh, Russell as well. So, do you want Kyrie Irving on your team if you're a Nets fan? Uh, absolutely not. I know a lot of people say, oh, that's so cool to have Kyrie here. Absolutely not. If you can't learn from what happened in Boston, to me, you're not paying attention. There was no reason, no reason at all, Nick, you can give me on why Boston was a dysfunctional team. One of the best group of young players, the best head coach in the NBA outside of Steve Kerr, and you're telling me you couldn't make it work? I'm sorry. No. That's, you know, and for the Celtics, there's so many moving parts there. And I know Terry Rozier is talking a lot of smack right now, but I honestly think Kyrie Irving was a huge problem for that team. His ego always wanted a ball in his hands. And to me, that's not Brad Stevens basketball. So for the Celtics, they're going to be doing themselves a favor if Irving gets lost. But if you're the Nets, again, young team, very good young players, a young star in D'Angelo Russell, do not make the same mistake and bring in someone like Kyrie Irving in here. And honestly, can you really tell me that D'Angelo Russell and Kyrie Irving are going to coexist with the basketball? I don't see that happening. 
I'd rather see the Brooklyn Nets go after someone like Kevin Durant, even though that might be a stretch. Who knows? Maybe Durant would like to, you know, be the bad guy again and go to Brooklyn instead. I would love to see the Nets go after Kawhi Leonard. Again, long shot. But I think the Nets need to go after somebody who is either in that forward position or a big man because they have a lack of them, especially if you have an all-star guard in Russell. But if not, I would also rather see the Nets go after Jimmy Butler. So there's like three other names, four other names I'd rather see the Nets go after than someone like Kyrie Irving, who proved that he can't necessarily work with the young group of players like he did in Boston. Yeah, but he's still one of the best talents in the NBA. Sure, but if you can't make it work with that talented of a group, what does that say? That Boston just wasn't the right fit, maybe? Or you think it's worse? I think it's worse. I think this is a guy who wants to control the team, but he couldn't really have things his his way because there's a lot of other talented players on the Celtics, and I just think he's a bad chemistry piece. Uh, it's it's tough because it's like you know for he's most likely going to hit a team that just wasn't relevant in seasons prior. I think that's what uh, Tyree Evans going to go to, and I think that's going to be a great fit for him because what were you before Tyree Irvin? And for any team or that fan is just going to love him because their team is much more improved with Tyree Irvin. I don't know if that equates to wins all the time, but that certainly should equate to fans in at the stadium more often and just overall a better team at the end of the day. It's certainly tough. I think... Boston was a much different atmosphere than he's been in for his entire career, which, keep in mind, has been Cleveland. And a Cleveland team that had no expectations till LeBron James got there again. And even then, he was hurt a lot. And the expectations were all on LeBron James and not on him. I think it's good if he has another core piece with him. But, you know, certainly there's going to be teams that are going to be looking for Kyrie Irving, but almost every team should want him at the end of the day. Can't say it's going to hurt. I can say it's going to hurt. It's definitely going to hurt. Yeah, and then he wins you some games at the end. All right. We're coming towards the end of the podcast. And with that, we have always our dude and dunce of the week, Beard Bats and final thoughts so we go back in time on may 28th and jose there is a ton of baseball ones obviously there's a lot of like tennis and horse racing especially the peakness but the baseball ones there are too many that i had to include them all so 1951 willie mays his first major league home run willie mays i believe you mentioned him or in your podcast as well in the last one as one of the goats, correct? And then, as well in 1957, the Brooklyn Dodgers and New York Giants moved to, the National League approves the two teams to move to the West Coast. From there in 68, the NL 
grants the San Diego Padres a franchise. And lastly, in 2006, Barry Bonds hit his 715 career home run, passing Babe Ruth. So that is our four in Beardback, all baseball, even for an all-basketball podcast, it seems. We'll get a little bit of baseball in there. And our dude of the week, you know, this one was a tough one, but before we got to the podcast going, Derek Dietrich, the former Miley Marlin, and I, I have always been bid on Derek Dietrich. Well, he's been with Cincinnati. He had 14 home runs coming into today. His career high in a single season was 16. And tonight, Derek Dietrich went 3 for 4, 3 home runs. All 3 were 2 run home runs, giving him 6 RBIs and 3 runs scored. And 17 home runs on the season, a career high for Derek Dietrich. And we're just about to finish up May. He is having a fantastic year to start and has been one of the ultimate steals in free agency for the Cincinnati Reds who picked him up on a minor league deal before the season began. And with that, we need a dunce of the week. So, Jose, who is our dunce of the week? Well, I feel like you might enjoy this, Nick. Our dunce of the week is going to be New York Yankee fans who attended yesterday's game against the San Diego Padres. You guys booed Manny Machado when he came up to the plate. You realize you booed a man because he didn't sign with the Yankees. He didn't sign a contract that was never offered. The Yankees never officially offered Manny Machado a deal because they figured Machado was out of his price range. Now, I think it's very clear Manny Machado wanted to be a Yankee, but at the same time, the Yankees weren't willing to meet his price, and that's okay. But you can't boo the man for signing a co- for not signing a contract that didn't exist. Yankee fans, get over yourself. You don't need Manny Machado. You have a great team. You have a good young farm system. Enjoy it, you needy jerks. I mean, I can't use the real word I want to use there, but I'm going to leave it at that. Still, for the most part, a PG podcast. Yeah. We try to be. I, I have some respect. <laughs> Alrighty. So, <laughs> with that, we come up to our final thoughts. And Jose, any final thoughts for our podcast episode fifty-one? Yeah, my final thought is for the New York Mets. What is Todd Frazier still doing on the New York Mets? Um, to me, winning teams are serious about who is on their roster, and winning teams are not afraid to cut dead weight. And to me, if you're the Mets, if you're really about winning, Todd Frazier, okay, maybe cutting him is a little harsh, but there's no reason at this point why J.D. Davis should not be starting over Todd Frazier at third base every day, especially while Jeff McNeil is on the IL. It makes no sense. J.D. JD Davis is the hotter bat right now. You play the hot hand when your team is in shambles. So why is Todd Frazier still playing every day? I know you're paying him a lot of money, but at the end of the day, winning teams don't care about that. Winning teams put out the best starting nine players on any given night, and you can't look at me with a straight face and tell me Todd Frazier is one of the better options for the Mets on this team right now. Now, somebody would argue on this team ever. 
whenever he got to the Mets. Why why is he a Met? <laughs> Things I'll never understand. Alright. Uh so mine will be pretty on baseball as well. We are almost up to June. Which means finally a team should be offering Dallas Title and Craig Kimball contracts. Because they damn well deserve contracts. Whether it's just going to be a one-year deal or a two-year deal, or however long of a deal that they're going to get with their teams, please, the moment these guys become available, I want to see somebody sign them. I would love the ultimate moment would be if the Rays were to get one of these two guys, because that would just be incredibly perfect. But I don't know if that's going to happen, but these guys should not be in free agency any longer than they have to the moment they become available because it's of the crazy draft. to think that we're in June and it's already, um, you know, and there's more, apparently there was a, uh, a thing today that Kygo is willing to take a one year deal, but he wants $18 million. So I kind of get it. You know, $18 million is a steep price to pay for a one year deal, but we're talking about a guy who's removed from a Cy Young not too long ago. We're also talking about though, I know we 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 say eighteen millions a lot, and, and it is, but the fact of the matter is, seventeen point like eight five is the qualifying offer. It's a makeup of the top one hundred and twenty five contracts in baseball. All of a sudden, eighteen's not that much. Eighteen is just claiming. Hey, you're a former Cy Young winner, and you're right about on average, or just above average, of the top 125 players paid. Oh, just for reference, guys like Cano and Yoana Cespedes are in this top 125. Pretty sure Dallas Keitel is going to be ahead of that. And pretty sure Craig Kimball who's been the best relief pitcher in baseball since the day he stepped foot on a mound in the MLB and is practically all a famer. You could probably make the case for Craig Kimball in the Hall of Fame right now if he never throws another baseball. And he's still got plenty of years left to play. And he doesn't have a contract. He might be the odds-on favorite as far as any relief pitcher since Mariano Rivera to possibly get into the Hall of Fame. And he doesn't have a contract. So, uh, you know, hopefully they get signed real soon because we're getting close to June. We're getting close to this whole, you know, fiasco of just a waste of time for, for players that should already have contracts. Alrighty. <laughs> Once again, I have the Warriors winning in six games. Jose has the Warriors winning in five. Both of us don't see Kawhi Leonard re-signing with Toronto. I don't see Durant playing in the finals at all. Do you have Durant playing at all in the finals as well or no? I do. I have him coming back for when they go back to Golden State, but I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't. There you have it. And with that, so enjoy 
the NBA Finals. The Warriors are a high favorite, but not in Game 1. Jose, who do you have winning Game 1 for the spread? It's a one-point favorite is right now the Raptors. I have the Warriors winning Game 1. The only game I have the Raptors winning is Game 2 at home. All righty. So we both have the Warriors winning Game 1. You're able to get a point in most Vegas spreads. So someone to consider if you go by the few times Saras and Beard suggest you to make a bet. And thank you so much for listening to Saras and the Beard Podcast, Episode 51. I am Nick Sarasso. And I'm the Talking Beard, Jose Rivera. And make sure to check out all the podcast shows on the S&D Podcast channel.